Welcome to our latest podcast episode. I'm Stephen Tubbs, 4 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time on News Talk 710 KNUS in Denver. Apologies for my voice. It's been a heck of a past few days with a lot of screaming for outside extracurricular activities. But as we record this, a couple of more days before my former dentist, Dr. Jim Craig, is due in an Arapahoe County courtroom. Once again, it will be his third court appearance. And uh, right off the top, earlier this week, uh, the second court appearance where I was in the front row, that was my first time seeing my former dentist in his jail clothing, etc. He made no eye contact with anyone. So since that time, which is going to be nearly a couple of weeks after uh, that second court appearance, so over the last few days, it's no surprise that the media has requested what is known as an expanded media request. And the judge in this case allowed cameras in the courtroom for that first and second appearance. That will end. Apparently, one of the news outlets, and it may have been actually from the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail apparently used some audio of that second court appearance, that completely violating the media agreement approved by the judge. So it is all that much more important for me and journalists to be in the courtroom. And we certainly will be, as we record this on Wednesday, April 5th, he is still scheduled for the afternoon of Friday, April 7th. Since we last had a podcast, several different things, and we will go over eight different screenshots of texts between Dr. Jim Craig and his wife, Angela. These texts that will be coming up from Monday, March 13th, kind of picking up where we last off in uh, last left off in our, our last podcast. Again, the back and forth. Jim Craig still trying to balance his work at Summerbrook Dental and being the head of the household. And uh, Angela Craig on Monday, March 13th, was in Parker Adventist Hospital for the second time. Later the week of March 13th, she would be admitted to University Hospital, and sadly she would pass, being declared brain dead on Saturday, March 18th at 4.29 p.m. Mountain Time. But before we do that, another new development, at least that has been brought to my attention, and uh, we say this every podcast, it is not lost on me that regardless of how you feel, if you believe every single letter of the 50-plus page arrest affidavit, there are six children here that have lost their mother, and at least for now, they have lost their father. And our heartfelt best wishes go out to the six Craig children. But as you'll see on your screen, there is now a GoFundMe. And as we record this, this is obviously changing. You can see that there is a $100,000 goal for the Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund, Prey, Angela Craig's maiden name. And it reads as follows. The Craig children lost their mother and their father in a recent tragic event that has shocked and saddened us all. As a result, many of our family and friends have asked us, Angela's brothers and sisters, to create a fund so they can show their love and support for Angela and her six incredible children. We're making that possible for you here. The funds will be used for the children's immediate and future financial support. And again, we are talking three children under the age of 18, at least one of them, literally the week of March 13th, turned 18 years of age. The message on the GoFundMe continues, 
The full story is in the news, so to be sensitive to the children and the family, we won't retell it here. You will read that Angela Prey Craig's death has been ruled suspicious, and her husband is charged with first-degree murder with the intent after deliberation. If you want more details about the evidence in the case, you can find the affidavit on the Aurora Police Department's website or Arapahoe County Sheriff's Department website. And then it says you may have a hard time finding it there, however, or in this redacted version of the affidavit posted online. Thank you all for remembering Angela and her children. Now, I've talked with a few people about this GoFundMe and well more than halfway to its goal just within the last few days. A couple of people have understood why the family would post a link to the arrest affidavit of their still family member, an in-law. Uh, Others have said it was very tacky. I'll let you be the judge of that. Again, on GoFundMe, what has been described as the Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund. We pick up and we'll, we'll resume the rest of this podcast with the text messages between Jim Craig and his wife, Angela, Monday, March 13th. She again, for her second visit, she has been admitted to Parker Adventist Hospital in Parker, Colorado, a suburb of, of Denver. Uh, Jim Craig in his wife's phone, uh, not known as the husband, not known as Jim, not known as James, not known as Jim or James Craig. Uh, She has him in there as the boy. And the text messages pick up. I pretty much, she says, slept all day. He replies, wow, exclamation point. So not tired anymore? I think I mostly feel lazy. I just want to go outside and walk around. He asks, how's your heart rate, uh, your O2, etc.? Same, but my O2 was low while I was just sitting here. My nurse says I'm not lazy, but I should probably try to move around more. Headache's gone, though, so that's nice. He replies, heart rate still high? And then, I'm so glad the headache's gone, exclamation point, exclamation point. She replies, yes, but it seems to be my normal right now. It likes to hang somewhere around 114. He says, geez, with an exclamation point. Uh, They kind of talk about uh, a few different things, about a few different individuals. She inserts some some humor. My legs are super hairy. I might have to shave twice. He replies then, do you want me to bring the chainsaw? So she may not have known this at the time. He may or may not have known this, but Angela Craig is dying. She is dying, and she would be dead within the next six days. He replies then to her after the, do you want me to bring the chainsaw? Do you want me to bring anything to the hospital for you? She says, no, I think I'm good. I may walk one of the girls through packing a bag for me so I have something to put on when I leave here tomorrow, but uh, it can wait. I think you guys are probably already gone for dinner. A couple of things actually blocked out, blacked out, as you can see, by the the actual uh, Aurora Police Department. They redacted this. And then this is where I just find it it heartbreaking, uh, among other things. This entire mess is heartbreaking. Uh, what I presume uh, have uh, the pictures that have been blacked out are pictures that Jim Craig sends 
of his daughter's 18th birthday. She's celebrating that birthday on Monday, March 13th. He replies to her after sending the picture, happy birthday to their daughter. Sorry you aren't here, exclamation point. How are you feeling? And this is just, just, I'll interject my opinion here. You've got the mother of six. She's got this inexplicable set of ailments. And this is not, not that if you're a parent, every birthday for your children is not important. But we all know when you become a teenager, your 13th birthday is big for the parents, big for the, for the child. Uh, your 18th birthday, for so many myriad reasons, big. Your 21st birthday. And Angela Craig getting these pictures of her daughter's 18th birthday, and she is in the hospital hoping and um, would be out of the hospital the following day. She replies to the, how are you feeling? Still sleepy, but good. I miss you guys. And you can only imagine how much she does miss her family. Jim Craig replies, we miss you too, exclamation point. We got to have a second birthday with you soon, exclamation point. She replies, can you stop? This is obviously when Jim is going to be coming back up to the hospital that Monday night. Can you stop at Panda Express on your way to me and get me a giant container of chicken lo mein? Uh, he replies, um, yes, you sure you don't want something from Texas Roadhouse? She says, it'll be too cold, I think. Okay, I got you, he replies. Do you want anything to drink? She replies, replies no thanks, water's fine. Then later on that evening of, of Monday, uh, again with the, the time that has uh, transpired, uh, from those texts of bringing her something to eat, he obviously shows up. Clearly, there would be no text messages. But after the 8 o'clock hour begins, uh, apparently he has left, and he texts the following, I love you, and I'm excited to bring you home tomorrow! Exclamation point. I wish I was going home now, she replies. He says, I so wish that. I'll come back and see you tonight, though. And she replies, thank you. They talk about some things, and uh, she receives uh, flowers from, from presumably their, their family, friends, maybe from the church. He sends her a picture of that, you can see, and she replies, that was nice. And then this, uh, we'll kind of skip over simply because it talks about the birthday of the 18-year-old, and um, uh, her friends had come and can see on your screen that's their front door of their home in aurora and she has uh, you know multiple hearts put on there for her 18th birthday he then says i'm headed up with my laptop and an episode of new girl in hand if you care to watch then he says baby i love you so much i wish i had the kind of schedule that i could just stay up here 24 7 and be with you i know it's lonely uh, and boring, and maybe sometimes scary, and I just want to be there to support you through all of it. This is Jim to Angela. I'm going to look at my schedule tomorrow and hopefully rearrange some patients that I can, so that I can be uh, up here as much as possible. Good night, my love. And he says, as just, uh, and as just as the song says, I hope you know that you're enough for me, indeed more than enough. 
She replies, thank you for spending as much time here as you do. It hasn't been fun and I want to go home, but it really hasn't been that bad either. I look, or I love you and I'll see you tomorrow, exclamation point. Uh, and I know we talked about this particular exchange a bit in our, our last podcast, but it, it is worth saying again that, you know, they're talking about just some miscellaneous things. You can get a crock pot, et cetera, et cetera. What I found interesting, and I'm glad to bring this up again in this episode, is Angela, again, from her bed on Monday night, texts her husband, and you can see this. Also, there's a funny spot in the doorbell cam. You might want to wipe that off. He replies, oh, question mark. Okay, I'm on that too. Maybe the funny spot is me. Do I look funny in it? Uh, They talk about their daughter. Jim says, I can't, all caps, wait to see you at home in my bed tomorrow. She replies, hopefully I'll be in other places in the house too. He says, no way, dude. And she says, I've had enough bed rest. And he replies, time for bed exercise, question mark. So again, I want to make perfectly clear if they analyzed texts between you and your significant other, me and my significant other, you and your family or friends, me, my family and friends, it it may look strange, seem strange to anybody else looking at this, especially going through this line by line. That said, this is one of the reasons why we're doing this. We're dissecting, uh, hopefully with fact, I know I'm obviously interjecting a little bit of an opinion, but If the allegations are true, it's truly mind-boggling, isn't it? And you see this kind of strange use of humor, especially coming from Jim Craig to his wife. And if the allegations are true, and in that 50-page affidavit, he has been administering or had prior to her hospital, uh, being admitted to the hospital and her her visitations there, obviously, uh, it's quite stunning. And it has been pointed out to me, I have zero, zero sourcing on this at all. But was it possible that, uh, I mean, it's plausible that the food that was being brought in or any kind of outside drink, was that possibly poisoned? That will all have to come out in a potential trial and with potential witness testimony. And of course, as we record this, Uh, We'll get into this a little bit in our next podcast. As we record this, uh, very, very little information coming from the Arapahoe County Coroner. The autopsy was performed within seven days of Angela Craig's death. And because of the heightened media awareness of this story and the sexy headlines, if you will, and this being national and international in scope as far as the coverage, Uh, Don't expect much to be leaked. I mean, anything is possible, but don't expect much to be leaked. But I would think now a couple of weeks post, in fact, I believe the autopsy was uh, conducted two weeks ago today as we record this, there has to be some kind of internal signs, signals, uh, test results. And uh, will that information come out before a potential trial? Again, time, time will tell. In just recapping this, uh, episode. You've got the GoFundMe now. Uh, you can type in her name. If you are watching this from from anywhere around Colorado, anywhere around the country or around the world, 
you too can contribute to the Angela Prey Craig Children's Fund. And just again, recapping the text that we've gone over, you know, one of their daughters went and had her 18th birthday while her mom was in the hospital for the second time. And just within 48 hours, she would be in the hospital for a third time. The other thing to point out as we wrap up this podcast is she apparently is checking, obviously, either via a laptop or her cell phone. Angela Craig is checking the security cameras, the external security cameras at their, their Aurora home. This family, according to the affidavit, uh, which clearly uh, does not delineate how many cameras, at least I didn't catch that in reading the affidavit, there are security cameras inside the Craig home and outside the Craig home. I have heard nothing, and I've got decent sources on this story, I've heard nothing to indicate that any of the internal security footage uh, either is available for dissection, if you will, or if it contains anything more than just normal, indoor, busy household activities. Uh, it'll remain to be seen where that information also was stored. In the affidavit, they make it very clear, the detectives do, there was not a hard drive per se in the home that they could actually seize via their search warrant. Uh, There's no hard drive that would have held the data for the security surveillance cameras, internal or external. Uh, In fact, I think the affidavit indicated that those would have been cloud-based And you can most certainly guarantee if this goes to trial, this will be, um, barring any kind of just unheard of uh, miracle, if they have that information, how that wouldn't be potentially introduced. The only thing I can, being not a lawyer, being not a a detective, uh, maybe maybe there was just nothing there. But I, I find that interesting that she's checking the camera. Did she check inside? Where did that information get stored? It sounds like most certainly it was cloud-based according to the arrest affidavit. And then finally, how it ends up. uh, The allegations are against Jim Craig that he had multiple affairs that uh, we'll get into in future episodes. The alleged mistress, this orthodontist from the Austin, Texas area, uh, you can see in the affidavit, and we'll get into this in future episodes, you can see the actual flight information, uh, whether it was booked by this mistress or Jim Craig, the flight information that she is set to come to Colorado while Angela Craig is dying in a hospital. That's all for this episode. Appreciate your interest, and we'll be back soon with yet another episode as we continue to follow this incredibly sad case. And again, our heartfelt thoughts and prayers go out to the six. Angela and Jim Craig children, and of course the family still in grief. For producer Mark Crowley, I'm Stephen Tubbs. We appreciate you watching.